You are listening to Present Truth Ministries Radio, telling the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Welcome to PTM Radio. This is our episode for the week of November 21st, 2016. May the Lord richly bless you. I'm excited about the show today. We've got uh, Brother Nehemiah, an Iranian missionary with us and co-worker of mine in the gospel. We're going to ask him a few questions to talk about life in in Iran and uh, some of the mission's work. So I want to ask everyone and remind everyone to remain in prayer for our upcoming missions trip. Uh, several will be traveling with us. Brother Petros will be going. Brother Nehemiah. And we're looking forward to see what the Lord has been doing amongst the people and, and looking forward to seeing what he will do while we're there. And we're grateful for your prayers and all your support. I want to remind you that you can contact us at 612-293-6846. And you can also find us on the web and email, email us there at ptmradio.com. God bless you. So with that said, uh, we're going to be going to the Middle East once again, and we're going to be visiting the churches we've already established there. We'll be meeting with some of the ministers while we're there, and we will also be uh, going to a new city where we can see about doing some outreach and establishing something there if the Lord is willing. So we will now go to our interview with Brother Nehemiah. Thank you for listening. Welcome to PTM Radio. We've got Brother Nehemiah Pardavan with us and wanted to interview him. So welcome, Brother Nehemiah. Uh, thank you, Brother Jason. It's, a, it's really good to be with you again. God bless you. So so grateful for your time and definitely appreciate it. So thank you. wanted to get a few questions to you. I get this question a lot. And uh, uh -huh. people are wondering, what is life like, first in general, inside of Iran? And then uh, they ask specifically, what is life like for Christians inside of Iran? So uh, can you explain a little bit what life is like for just the normal Iranian yeah, living there? Yeah, it's interesting because I get the same question from time to time as well. When you say I'm Iranian, uh, what people picture in their mind is a desert. Uh, some people told me you're living in tents. Uh, you ride camels in Iran? Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> Iran, I can say, is even more advanced and modern than many countries in Europe, mm -hmm. generally. And the people in Iran are uh, very used to living a luxurious life. And... Uh, very prosperous life uh, because Iran is sitting on uh, oil, gas, and all kind of you know resources. Yeah. So uh, by default, Iran is a rich country. The problem with Iran is the government of Iran, which mm -hmm. we don't want to be involved with the politics and so forth. Mm -hmm. But you know, the wrong people are ruling the country, and we see. Uh, we don't see uh, the level of prosperity that people had under late Shah anymore but still they are very uh 
you know, they have a really good life inside Iran mm -hmm. in terms of day-to-day uh, -day living and lifestyle and so forth. I don't know if, if it was your question or not. Could I... Yeah, no, it is. And, and so, you know, looking at, um, in general, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how many people in Iran are suffering from poverty, uh, percentage-wise? We can't say uh, an exact percentage because you cannot never rely on statistics that the government uh, releases, right? Yeah, yeah. So everything is in Propaganda. their favor. But yeah, in Iran, you still see, uh, you know, in, especially in North Tehran and uh, big cities, major cities like Isfahan, Tabriz, uh, Mashhad, Shiraz, you see people driving Maseratis, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not surprising to see. 10 Maseratis on the road in Tehran at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You see Lamborghinis, uh, especially in North Tehran. But when you come to uh, downtown Tehran and South Tehran, people, you know, are less prosperous. For example, they're driving a Hyundai Santa Fe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But still, people are riding a good car. Which is, and, middle, you know, that's saying that's middle class. It's a middle class. Yeah. Yeah, it's a middle class. We don't have absolute poverty, but yet again, we people are suffering from poverty because of the sanctions, because of the system that the government works, and uh, all the embezzlements and everything that's going on these days. Yeah. So, talk a little bit more about that. You know, that's that's kind of a, a new phenomenon now. People might not understand that gas is sub has been in the past subsidized by the Iranian government for its citizens, and food has been subsidized, yes. which means that what? What does it mean when it's subsidized? Well, uh, the government is uh, subsidizing the gas money, uh, the price of gas, and they're not following the global uh, global uh, rating, just like here and uh, other parts of the world. Right. There's a fixed range, and every year uh, the, it passed by the parliament, just like a law, Mm -hmm. And it never goes up or down uh, in the course of a year. Right. And nowadays, it's the highest rate in the last 37 years, which uh, if we want to translate into American dollar, it's not more than 37, uh, 37 cents. For a liter. For a liter. Yeah. So, you know, that's still quite uh, inexpensive. Still quite cheap, but... Comparing to Iranian economy and the living expenses is in Iran, it's too high. It used to be. It used more to like be ten cents a liter. Five cents. I remember the days that it was wow. less than five cents. And so that's an enormous increase. Yeah. Uh, over six times. Yeah. Increase, and so that impacts the food, cost of food, yep. and everything. The taxi. Rentals and. Travel. When I when I used to live in Iran, it's it's not too too far long ago. It's just six years ago. Mm -hmm. You could rent a decent condo, two bedroom apartment downtown Tehran, with maybe uh, three hundred dollars per month. Okay. And uh, providing maybe fifteen hundred dollar as a security deposit. Okay. But nowadays, the same apartment, you should provide $3,000 per, per month. That's, that is a... It's 10 times. 
10 time increase. And so um, what kind of impact is that having on society and on people's lifestyles? It, it has a huge impact. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, you used to uh, drive your own car and now you cannot afford to have a car anymore. So you should take the public transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, in terms of your grocery, you, you have to cut back in terms of your clothing and everything. Because mm-hmm. you have to be able to admit, you, you know, you have rent to pay, you have bills on top of that. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Thank you for listening to PTM Radio. Would you commit to praying for a PTM missionary working in the Middle East today? You can become a PTM missionary prayer sponsor by going to our website, presenttruthmn.com slash missionary dash prayer dash sponsor. Go there and sign up today. You can stand with your brothers who are standing for the message that God sent to us through the ministry of Brother Branham in the Middle East. They are serving on the front lines in the Middle East, facing many difficulties We consider it the final frontier where the message must go before God turns back to dealing with the Jewish people. And these faithful workers for God are active in church planting, evangelism, Bible and message books distribution, and pastoring. Their ministries vary, but they all face the same risk of persecution and suffering. They ask for your prayers. So go to our website, presenttruthmn.com. And go under Missionary Updates and you'll see Missionary Prayer Sponsors and sign up to be a prayer sponsor today. We will send you a magnet that you can place on your refrigerator and it will remind you every day to pray for a missionary, a very specific missionary in the Middle East. It'll have their name, their ministry, a little bit of their testimony and three specific prayer points that you can lift up to God on a daily basis. We thank you so much, and may God richly bless you. We're back, and we've been talking to Brother Nehemiah uh, regarding the uh, life and lifestyle inside of Iran. And if I can just kind of summarize and, and jump in, correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, we're not we're not talking about a third world country when we talk about Iran. We're not talking about people living in in uh, sand. We're talking about a extremely highly populated country uh, on one hand, but an extremely uh, prosperous country. Now, recently, the uh, sanctions against the country have well, and they've been there since 1979. But recently, they have had a uh, quite a significant impact, even with uh, the Iran nuclear deal, it hasn't changed things that much. They've seen an enormous increase in the cost of living, and uh, that has impacted people mm-hmm. in that they've had to cut back uh, in every area of life. I think one of the most significant, as I heard, is that most people are now are not, I'm not saying 100%, but many people are not owning a vehicle anymore, not able to drive. Uh, their vehicle anymore, no. taking pub- public no. transportation. Uh, 
And so, uh, you know, even that, the san even the sanctions being lifted doesn't have impact on uh, people in general because uh, the money is coming to the government and the government is not redirecting the money to uh, to people. Mm -hmm. Right, it, it, the government is keeping the money either of funding other organizations outside Iran, like Hezbollah, Hamas, or so forth. Or if oh, one day you wake up and see on the headlines uh, about the embezzlement of uh, three thousand billion dollar, and the guy run, run to the run to Canada, migrates there, and nobody can touch him anymore. Yeah. And so most of the people that I meet, I would, you know, classify as middle class, uh, most of the Iranians that I meet in Turkey or that come to the United States, you know, they've, they've lived a decent life. Mm -hmm. They're used to a comfortable lifestyle. They haven't lived in poverty. Um, some, some have for a season perhaps, but generally mm -hmm. speaking, uh, they're, they're, they're middle class people. That's what they're accustomed to. So talk to me now about what it's like for the average everyday a Christian living in Iran, someone that is converted from from Islam and has embraced the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. uh, it might, might have been changed since 2010 or since 2011. Uh, it seems I'm not there anymore, but the, the mindset still and the same spirit is working and it got even worse. I remember uh, you cannot trust anybody Mm. Who watch uh, watch over your shoulder all the time because uh, you have this fear that we walk watching you, and everyone who comes to and ask you about Jesus Christ or the gospel or about your faith or the changes in your life and what have you done to yourself and these kind of things, the first question you ask is if this guy is an agent. Mm -hmm. And because uh, because of the Sharia law that because uh, you know Iran is a Muslim country, yeah. Even though they are uh, they are a part of this uh, human right constitution, a part of it, people don't practice it accord accordingly, right? Mm -hmm. They they interpret all the laws and all the regulation through Islam, and if it's not compatible to the teaching of Islam, they reject it, right? Mm -hmm. So in Islam. It's considered an apostasy for a Muslim to convert to any other religion rather than Islam, mm -hmm. and it has a capital penalty, right? And uh, you always have this fear, even though the the first and only time they officially uh, executed someone for Christianity for apostasy was uh, maybe early eighties. Uh, martyr uh, Hossein Sudmand was the only person that the government of Iran officially hanged. Mm. But still, the law is there. The, uh, they have this ability uh, to uh, prosecute you whenever they want, and you never know when they want to come after you. Mm. Every time someone knocks on your door, you are waiting for Wewak to come and take you into custody. And you always have this fear that something's going to happen to you or your beloved ones. Mm -hmm. mm. So you're, you're always looking over your shoulder. You're always concerned. Yeah. So how, how that has to uh, 
wear you out, make you exhausted to be in that condition? Well, uh, I think it's very simple, right? You can, when you cannot focus on anything rather than your safety, uh, you cannot trust anybody. And don't, uh, when you want to share the gospel, you might end up in jail, right? Yeah. Yeah. There comes a time that you say, you know, I'm done. I'm done with it. I, I have it. I had it enough. I'm full. And uh, you just want to uh, pack and go because mm -hmm. that's the teaching of the scripture. If they cannot receive you, just leave, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, Iran, when let me let me tell you something about testimony of my own family. Mm -hmm. I think it, it gives us a better picture. Yeah. My, my mom, my mother was the first person who came to Christ in her family. Mm. I remember a day visiting my grandma with my mother and they served us tea. But after they served us tea, the cops that uh, we, uh, we had tea on went straight to trash can mm. right in front of our face because they consider us unclean. Mm -hmm. And this is a treatment you receive everywhere. Wow. And people, you know, uh, you want to talk. I remember a day that uh, even the person who was working with me, a very close friend of mine, not my, uh, not my boss, another person that was in the construction business, you know, he came to me and said, uh, you know, I was with so-and-so, uh, a clergy, very well-known clergy in Tehran, in uh, Puritan of Islam. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about you that you recently... Uh, uh, you know, converted to Christianity and so forth. And he said, it's okay for me if I kill you. Wow. And God will be pleased with that. You know, I'm not saying I'm killing you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just trying to scare you. Yeah. Wow. So uh, from person to person is different, right? The, uh, the level of tolerance, the, you know, God ordained you and called you for different things and you have a certain capacity. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just can't take it anymore. Yeah. Well, I think it must cause you to lean on the Lord even more on a daily basis. Even more. You can't even, can't uh, even go outside for your job without uh, getting on your knees before <laughs> God. To it's a true story. When, uh, when I was arrested and uh, put in jail, I, I was 18 days in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, Jason, up to this day, the 18 days that I was in solitary confinement was the best days and experiences that I had with the Lord Jesus Christ in my whole life. Mm. So it, it didn't damage you. It, to think about. it was it, just me and Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But didn't damage you, it brought you a blessing. Messagehub.info is a website that is gathering all the sermons of Brother Branham, both in English and that have been translated into languages around the world. I'm looking at the website right now, and I can see that there's sermons in Arabic, Armenian, Farsi, Spanish, Italian, Indonesian, Afrikaans, Polish, Russian, Hindi, Greek, all these languages that the message has been translated to. So you can go and you can get access to those. If you meet someone who speaks Arabic, you can go in and pull up the Arabic 
And you can look and see that there are four sermons there. There's the invisible union of the bride of Christ, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed, and attract churches that conquer the laity, as well as a resume of the ages. So this is a wonderful a website and a wonderful resource that you can use in order to spread the message of Malachi 4. In fact, it was a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> my, my. I so, enjoyed my time. Yeah. <laughs> it's after <laughs> And so that's the grace of God. That's all you can say. Because that's not normal. <laughs> not normal at all. Not at all. Uh, you, you know what? Being, being a human being, even now, I'm, I'm living in a safest, one of the safest countries in the whole world, mm -hmm. in Canada. But still, when I see uh, a cop, I get nervous. Yeah. Right? And I expect something bad to happen. This is a mindset, you know, this is something that built in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. But imagine in every prison, section 209, that many people just disappeared up to this point. Oh, yeah. You are in a solitary confinement and you're scared of nothing. <laughs> this is not it. you. Because I, I still see cops and I'm still scared to death. Yeah. So there must be something working here. Mm -hmm. And it cannot be anything but God himself. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus comes comes close near and was sitting there with you. You weren't in solitary confinement. Amen. You had you had a companion. And that's Amen. absolute truth. Amen. So, as the God in the mountain is still God in the valley. Yeah. As hard as they try to put you in <laughs> in solitary confinement, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, praise yeah. God! I'm pretty sure well, uh, when you when you meet when you meet Brother Benham, he has thousands of thousands of these kind of testimonies that he will share with us regarding Tehran and prisons and uh, yeah. you know inmates and everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. God is gracious to His children. No question about that. Yeah. And the sweetest time yeah. sometimes is when we're when we're going through the greatest difficulties and we feel the Lord is near. And so that's, that's yeah, the only yeah. thing that actually really means anything is when, the, when we're in the presence of the Lord. That's all we want day by day. So yeah, let's go a little further. What about, you know, for mm. Christians in their workplace in Iran? What's that like? Um, let's, let's just put well, it this way. Uh, first, talk about the workplace, and then talk about someone who's trying to find a new job. Okay, I, I, if that's okay, I answer you with another testimony. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My little sister Mina, I think you have met her. Yeah. Uh, she was a chief of staff of uh, the president of one of uh, the biggest companies, you know, government-related companies. Okay. And. The day that she got baptized in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the next day she was called and was asked to resign and do not report to her office anymore. Wow. And ever after that, she was not able to get a job anywhere uh, that, you know, uh, government-related or any other places. <clears throat> the only place that she could get a job was uh, in one of the... Samsung stores in Tehran mm -hmm. and 
we had to lobby with one of our acquaintances in the church. He lobbied for us, actually. Mm -hmm. We just told him, and he, he, he knew a person who knew a person who knew a person, and they lobbied for us. And uh, my sister could a uh, temporary job there. Mm. And the moment, uh, especially if you're a man, the moment they real uh, they find out you're a Christian, you cannot get another uh, you know job permit anywhere else. Wow. They mark you, and they make it hard for you. They uh, they make it impossible to make a living. Hmm. As as you know, they they strike you as strong as they can. Of course, God goes before you and provides you miraculously, right? But mm -hmm. as a human, human speaking, they make it impossible for you, mm -hmm. unless you go, you know, work for you know, uh, for a private business, someone that doesn't care about these kind of things. And even for that, they can put pressure on him to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. So, is their goal to their first? Their goal, of, of course, is to get you to uh, convert back, reconvert to Islam. First, yeah. But second goal is if you if they if you don't do that, they're gonna you're gonna leave the country. Is that right? Or is that not in exactly. their mind? No, that's exactly what it is. I used to work for a company in Iran for my former pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, we had this uh, tea person who, who provided with tea, uh, served us tea and this uh, cleaning and so forth. And mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know that he was a vlog. Yeah, we had our suspicious, but you know, you just try to see a uh, good thing in people. Mm -hmm. Well, when we after we were suspicious, he came to me and said, "I can get you a job in the courtroom in downtown Tehran, and you will get uh, a good salary. And there's only one condition: just don't tell I'm Christian. Just I'm a Muslim, and everything is fine." And you will have a good position there. Mm. Wow. So deny your faith and you can have a good so job. This is the kind of offering they provide for you, you know. They try to drag you back. Exactly. They, they throw you money. You, you know, it's the same thing that they all did to Lord Jesus. Yeah. He showed all the kingdoms out there and say, if you bow for me, I will give you this kingdom, right? Because it's given to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it starts with money and other things, position and every other thing to get you to the point and say, okay, I, I just want to provide for my family. It doesn't matter. But, you know, you can't. There's another thing there that's pulling you toward the truth. Wow, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Brother Nehemiah, for being with us on PTM Radio. No Appreciate it. My I think pleasure, Brother Jason. Thank uh, you. For I, oh, my pleasure. For having me over again. It's been our pleasure for sure. And and I think this gives a really good picture to people of what life is like in Iran. And, and I hope, I believe it was a blessing to me, and I hope it's a blessing to those who are listening. And once again, if you have questions for us, if you have some feedback you want to give, you can contact us at 612-293-6846, or you can find us on the web at ptmradio.com. God richly bless you.